welcome back, guys. This is And Then There Was Corn. And Then There Was Corn. <laughs> that was the softest you guys ever been. Yeah, that was a, oh that was a bad one. I, I'm kind of disappointed. Though. I'm emotional today. <laughs> You've been disappointing me all day, so that's really no, really no big deal. Uh, well, you know, that's my life. <laughs> I disappoint everyone. <clears throat> uh, so it's me, Chad. Brian, I'm back. And Kevin, as always, the three of us here. Brian is back. He's taking a day off of his month of no drinking. Someone's getting chlamydia. <laughs> also that, but mainly because we have a special guest with us today. Would you like to go introduce yourself? Kyle Young, here, from Goodwood. Awesome. So, All right, so he's here at Goodwood Brewing here in Louisville, Kentucky. So if you've not had their beers, you definitely got to try them out. Uh, today, we're actually trying a beer that's about to be re-released. It's been kind of remodified. Uh, so far, it's been really tasty for me. Uh, Goodwood Two Live Brew Double IPA. Yeah, literally just can today. Does not exist yet. <laughs> we're doing a, a little release party next Friday. Nice, That's awesome. And we're you tasting fresh beer then. You make us feel so good. good. <laughs> make us feel so yeah. good about it. This is our first guest too. So I mean, yeah. congratulations. Oh, you're right. Our first yeah. And first offsite. Thank you. Yeah, first <laughs> offsite podcast. Yeah. A bit. You're, yeah, welcome you're, to you're the. You're a lot of my first. Welcome to the brewery. Mm. I'm glad we met. But yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Do I have chlamydia? <laughs> it may have yeah. been transferred. It's, it's still early in the day. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> All right. So, but we're also tasting Woodenville uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, this is new to me. I've seen a lot of headway on social media. I just have not got to taste this one yet. And I'm pretty excited. Um, his wife actually works for the company and, uh, you know, loaned us a bottle, you know, because we're going to give it back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do recycle. Them, yes. So. Oh, well, there you go. They recycle. Into the recycle. Uh, but I'm pretty excited to hear some of the history about this. This is made in Washington State. Um, oh, yeah. It's can... got a great bottle. It's, you know, if with the history, he's going to go over that and some of the, like, the nuances about the, the company. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about do this. Do you guys, uh, do we taste or, and smell beer first or we typically go for the the whiskey first oh yeah, the yeah. let's yeah, go into it so we'll also just to mention this is the second non-kentucky bourbon that we featured on podcast yeah. uh dickel being the first one and just to remind everybody that bourbon does not have to be made in kentucky to be legally called true. a yeah. bourbon that's and right some fantastic bourbons coming across all over the nation yeah we've well, been over this before stop being mean to us online we know what we're talking <laughs> about just listen to the other things we've said we've been over it i'm tired of crying myself to sleep <laughs> well, uh, yeah, if Cheers. you, you all want, yeah. I'll give you some uh, some background of the company while Please. we dig in here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but first, let's talk about what we smell. We, yeah. we don't have to get into it right away. The nose is phenomenal. The nose is really good. A lot of fruit notes for me. Really fruity. Really fresh, but also still get that baking spice on there. Mm-hmm. But it's not overwhelming. Like, the ethanol on it is not tearing my, my nose up. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. I was actually able to stick my nose in deeper in the glass than I expected without hurting myself and still getting a lot of good nose. You've definitely got a lot not, of nose, too. You get, you get in there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not a weeded bourbon, <laughs> which for not a weeded bourbon still has a full spectrum of things going on with it. It's not just aggressive. Well, I know last week I talked about that uh, gumminess that I noticed from rye. Like, there's a really positive gumminess here that, of that, like, that rye presence, but it's, it doesn't smell of that, like, chemical resinness that mm-hmm. I tend to oh, get yeah. from rye. I, I, you know, every, like this is why I'm really touchy about the rise of like specific yeah. rye whiskeys I drink. It's because if they have that like dumb arabica moment, like mm-hmm. where it's like, 
and you just keep tasting like it's like you chewed on plastic. Yeah. Oh know? man, I mean these guys are so cool. So it's it's uh, Brett and Orlin, two best friends that literally started a company to make the best possible bourbon they could in Washington State. Uh, they contracted with Dave Pickerall, yeah, uh, okay, from yeah. Maker's Mark yeah. when they were opening. Um, and literally, I mean, what, what we taste and what I get to taste, luckily because of my wife, mm-hmm. uh, all the time is outstanding. You know, they do full size, five, four to five year old product, and nice. the rye is apt. I mean, they they age their uh, whiskey in Eastern Washington. Okay. So it's got the same climate as Kentucky for the most part. It's mm-hmm. just a little drier. Yeah, that's awesome. And the Omlin family farm where they age it grows all the rye he's now the largest grower of rye in the state that's cool. really that's cool. crazy so you're you, so local onto yeah. itself yeah. for where it is but we're, we're tasting you know 72 percent core 22 percent rye and six percent malted barley you know you see that 72 22 percent that's crazy it does not, it does not taste that uh, no way. Yeah. No. five year full size no. barrel bourbon though yeah. if you would have made me guess i would have said as low as 10. i think the barley Just really shines through for me yeah yeah. The barley does come through. That softness, almost mm-hmm. like On that Irish end. whiskey moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, I was not expecting this off the first taste into what I tasted. Like I took a nicer, bigger sip once my palate got used to it. There is layers to this. Like mm-hmm. it oh, yeah. sits sweet and butterscotchy and toppy on the front and then quickly goes into a spice yeah. and then finishes that like rye moment. That's mm-hmm. where the rye yeah. really comes mm-hmm. through and sits and sings. But it... And like I was talking about this last week, where the unbalanced, or when it becomes unbalanced, is when like how long that takes. It took forever for that to actually like mm-hmm. kind of twist out of the flavor oh, you yeah. wanted it to be. Yeah, I mean these guys have been doing it. They've been uh, they started the company in 2010, mm-hmm. so really going after it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what yeah. were you gonna say, Brad? Oh no, I think you know you see that it's back to that like numbers question that I asked um, makers, or I think it was our Knob Creek Barrel choice of like why does everybody hit like the same percentage on these mash bills as far as like 22% rye, 18% rye, 72% corn. Yeah. And it's like, is there a science to this, or is this just like good old boys passing recipes on to generations and just learning from like the dusty book? Yeah. You know, because you know it works. Exactly. And the response to them was that it's both. You know, that the, it initially started in that dusty book, like tradition handed out recipe, and then like cast science against it. They were like, there's a stability. To this and the like obligation that it can extend its flavors beyond that standard when mm-hmm. we present this mash bill forward and i think exactly what you said that this is a very dimensional whiskey and i think we brought up the word balance before in the podcast and yeah. it's kind of like a negative word i kind of feel like what we're looking for in these 40 dollars bourbons is like everlasting gobstopper whiskeys we want something that like presents itself with something first and then has something underneath that and then goes into a mouthfeel and then leaves you with something on the end of that so it's this like experience flavor spectrum versus just being this this, like note that hits and goes away and i think that this whiskey very much falls into that category there's a lot going on here i also feel like brian's been been doing some studying (laughs) 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 dropping that vocab yeah (laughs) oh man it's every week yeah. <laughs> he, oh, has, he has a few favorite words. Oh, man. You've got to learn new words. Right? Oh, yeah. What are you really doing? Obligation, reading. permission. Fictitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All good words. All great words. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm always trying that. Tastings, I just, you know, try and be quiet while the smart people talk, <laughs> pick up a few good vocabs. I'm like, oh, Queen Anne's no, nice. No, but I think this oh. is awesome. And, it, like, from Woodenville, is this the only whiskey that's available from this? 
distillery? Oh no, in, in the market they have their hundred uh, percent rye. Okay. Um, which Ooh. is yeah. I'm game also on killer. That. Yeah, I believe they have the port finish uh, bourbon as well. Oh, cool. Stepping on them angel so, Indian toes. I, I want to talk oh, about no, the I mean, they, they, and Scottish toast yeah. too. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's no, I mean, it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a gorgeous bottle. But they they do some cast strength stuff in other states. Um, yeah, and then the triple barrel that they did for their tenth anniversary. Oh, wow. That was insane. Three different like, ones. Uh, yeah, they called it triple barrel. The last barrel was Ardbeg, Scotch nice. barrel. Oh, yeah. So it's got like a little smoky hit to it. That's, I that's, still, uh, that's, yeah. that's right up Kevin's alley, man. I, I looked at that's my wife and I was like, my pour over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can we buy a case of this and right. record it? And she's like, no, no, no. So <laughs> we, we have like one bottle that we haven't opened. Yeah. We're just like staring at, trying not to open forever. Well, yeah. speaking of that, as like you <laughs> brew beer. Like, you are a beer yeah. brewer. As someone who brews beers, how exciting is it for you to be getting handled, handed all these barrels that have already seen uh, Irish whiskeys, have already seen another, like, stout, you know, versus just, like, having your own obligations to make these own beers that are appropriate and correct onto themselves? Like, where is that, like, balance between like these wood expressions and in particularly yeah. working at Goodwood who you guys would age all of your beers correct um actually we're doing away with some of that okay uh, Interesting. It's, it's a great time of change for us like it is for most people mm-hmm. so you know fresh beers deserve to be fresh yeah um you'll see some changes from us on our cans and labeling and stuff like that but cool. You know, like this double IPA that we're about to drink. Mm. We're not putting any wood in that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine uh, so. Right. So, so, yeah, but, I mean, our stouts, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Like, you have to, I mean, it's so fun. Um, and, you know, I, I say this as a brewer, but currently I'm just a sales guy. So, like, I come in and I talk to James, our head brewer here, and Kelly, our brewer over in Frankfurt. A new facility would just launch there mm-hmm. all the time, just about what they're doing and and where we're going but i will say as a brewer like getting especially wet barrels straight mm-hmm. from a distillery that are freshly yeah. there's still stuff in there uh, yeah which i mean <laughs> we mostly all, carbon we, we, <laughs> all, we all try and be good but there is something called the brewer's cut yeah uh when you get a fresh barrel and you yeah. dump it out and you know they're they're uh a lot of times expunding some of the whiskey that still might be in the wood. The sure. Devil's For themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you flip that barrel over before you put beer in it, there's and you're like, oh, there. hey, there's a little, you know, Brewer's Fifth floating around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. and maybe you drink it with the beer when it's ready. And so it's that like, 15 times. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an unspoken <laughs> thing that we all love. That's um, really neat. But you, you know what's funny? Like, well. barrels, they, they go so much further than you think especially with the spontaneous side of brewing. Like mm-hmm. now we're starting to see, you know, people make those into neutral barrels and yeah. have their, have their, you know, anaerobic bacteria. Take barrels there. that have already been used like through and through yeah, multiple the different barrel projects. Out of there? Like yeah. what are you doing with it? You're, you're propagating it's still there. You know, your lactobacillus. Yeah, the only people are going to use that anymore yeah. and, uh, other than maybe like, you know, somebody wants it at home is like, you know, people, uh, Irish whiskeys and scotches because they'll still reuse that and they'll let it sit for many, many, many years. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's yeah. nothing left unless you let it sit for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes forever to pull the flavor out after that. that oh, yeah, crazy. for sure. Yeah, around yeah. here, it seems like most of those barrels go to, like, uh, very white country weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do you resurrect a barrel? Uh, as far as, like, after you've used it? Yeah. yeah. 
honestly just keeping it in use and cleaning it and breaking it down if necessary in between uses mm-hmm. is like the the key that's that's the best way to do it so you know you have your your single use or your first use right after the whiskey it's going to be super hot mm-hmm. you need something with a lot of tannic quality and, and roast malt to it sure. to hold up to that booziness otherwise you're going to have a rum and coke beer right it's the like bourbon <laughs> barrel like, stout or something I do love like, yeah, yeah, that category. Exactly. yeah bourbon barrel stout you know something like that i mean you can also play with some of the uh conditionings after you funked a beer something mm-hmm. like that but you that get makes out there. It's like a save in a beer, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. if you mess, mess something up, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, one of the best beers I ever tasted was something uh, the guys that I worked with over in DC did, and it was a brandy barrel. Right. And then they did a, a mixed culture, like saison base and mm-hmm. cider base. Yeah. Ooh. And it was like this whole funky thing. That sounds uh, amazing. But like that hit of the brandy, the heat, like. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's a it soft taste. Yeah, we actually yeah, went yeah, to the yeah. place uh, that did a beer with New Albany, and so we did a Knob Creek barrel pick, mm-hmm. and then they aged Hoptimus in it. Hoptimus oh, product. Yeah. I love yeah. Hoptimus. So yeah. that's like a 9% I mean, beer already, we, and yeah. they said there was close to three gallons of whiskey. We thought it was like a 15 to 17% like, beer. But the, like once no they went to sit and yeah, all yeah. that stuff, and it kind of sat out, there was like close to, like, I'm in, including the sediment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and like, that's the gray area, too, because yeah, we can't, but, like, but add whiskey putting, to beer mm, necessarily. But, like, but, they're, no. age, you know, aging that beer in there, and it took, like, three months, because every time they get back to us, they're like, it's not ready, it's not ready. When we finally got it, I swear it was, like, a 14% beer. Like, it was beefy, but it tasted creamy <laughs> and crazy, and, like, the effect the barrel had on that beer, because that beer was overbearingly hoppy. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many hops. But... All of a sudden, it was now like a Belgian triple or you know mm-hmm. something like that, where it like and it had like some creamy notes. You're, mm-hmm. This is not the same beer no. at all. Oh yeah, but well, I mean, we wouldn't serve it in big glasses at all. We had to serve it in like ten ounce glasses. Yeah, so yeah. It, and but you, still. Can, you can get out there. Like we had a, a brandy barrel age uh, honey ale that was higher ABV that we just released this thing like a beer uh, a few months ago and. I mean, that was... It's tasty. Yeah, so it was pretty tasty. <laughs> I mean, we can drink some of that later, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, but to kind of get back into the just this whiskey real quick, what I was saying is I want to talk about this bottle because, like, kind of has that, like, blood oath, orphan barrel, like, square, sexy bottle with its rage Like, no, kind of, yeah. Um, really good yeah. hard angles on the entire Oh, thing. yeah, hard angles, like, kind of like this old school with a modern twist label, um, and it's 90 proof, which I, it's got a lot of flavor for 90 proof and not sitting at the hundred, which I like multiple mm-hmm. times says that's yeah. where I like to drink whiskey. I mean, this is a cool bottle. I mean, if you look, yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed that, like look on the back of that label, there's actually on the inside oh, yeah. there's yeah. something there too. Yeah. I always thought that was a cool thing. Cause as oh, you yeah. drink your bottle, you get more and more of a picture. Brits. Yeah. Dog you get less perceptive. I can't recall. It becomes more important. I can't recall the whole it's, image. That's amazing. But, yeah, but Ariel I could love, probably tell you more. I love <laughs> but, that stuff. Well, yeah. you know, we'll it's probably so have Ariel on another episode because, like, I would love to do, you know, another oh, thing with this. Yeah. After yeah. tasting this, you yes, we're should. definitely going to do I, another I'm like the smallest know. little hint. I'm, I'm a drinker, you know, and yeah. I just hung out with some of the people that work there because they're all super nice. Like, it's. It's a family, you know. They started as like Most whiskey, no employees, like, like and and now they're getting a little bigger, and mm-hmm. you know they've only hired local. 
So something I have for you as someone who does brew beer, even if it's in your garage, it's like, uh, (laughs) so where does it become a sense of like, you're just creating beers that you want to put out in the world versus like, oh, I have like historic responsibility to like try to make this beer happen. Or is there even that line at all? Oh man, I think that's like a personal, uh, so it's a personal choice, a personal conversation you have in your head every day. Because mm-hmm. you really do, in my opinion, need to master the basic, and not, not I, I say basic, but they're probably the scariest beers to make yeah. or the most simple. Like ones. an historic like Pilsner, Lager, yeah. uh, the older beers, because... In my mind, like you're always going back to beers that have been around for hundreds of years. There's yeah. a reason they still exist, versus you know, the newer things. Like you talk about adding like a slight bit of lactose in an IPA mm-hmm. to keep it a little sweeter with the right. hops to we'll coax out those. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like the gastro cooking versus the old school mentality. But mm-hmm. now people are like, you know to reference cooking fire adds a complexity people are going so you you look at that and you look at how people used to make malt how they used Mm -hmm. to cook beer Mm -hmm. there used to be a lot of a lot more fire and smoke in a brewery oh yeah you know like in maltsters and all that Mm -hmm. and there's and even you want to go back before that a lot of beers used to be somewhat spontaneously fermented and blended yeah, as the they got older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you would blend a, a fresh porter and a, sou- a yeah. sour older porter so together to make a you. porter. Like mm. so, in that sense of what you're saying, like those intimidating beers you have to learn. Do you think that's why a lot of craft breweries that for a long time weren't making pilsners and lagers? Because I mean, if it's an intimidating thing and doing it on any kind of scale, making that happen is harder so like do you hold back on that so that's that's where i feel pretty confident that the new so COVID obviously affects a lot of these things there was a there's a barrier to entry uh with the larger breweries uh, and those styles for smaller breweries for a long time i mean yeah. you know we can talk about uh small breweries i mean the reference of sam adams jim cook 1986 when you know, he's in the International Beer Awards for Boston Lager. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the American spectrum. So mm-hmm. think about that versus European beer culture. We're small fish in a massive pond of yeah. people that have been brewing for generations. Like, right. Passing it down recipes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the, <laughs> that, like, it's like the bourbon world. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. you also think about, you know, the ends on those beers. Like, you have to sell quantity of them. So mm-hmm. you also have to pay for marketing. You have to pay for all these other factors to try and like make this beer but now i mean i feel like tiny breweries that satisfy a small spectrum are all that there will be uh coming into the market versus these giant conglomerates like i'd say we're a a smaller size mid-sized brewery yeah um we're obviously you know making it work and Mm -hmm. and doing more shelf stable beers that we distribute to other markets and doing more fresh beers here and greatly working on that during during covid but where i see lagers and those fresh beers mm. beer flavored beers beer flavored yeah. beers yeah. i do taste like bread i see potential in doing americanized versions of those that are excellently made like no. if if you're a smaller brewery you mm-hmm. can really focus on quality no. you can take your time you can let you know 
Uh, sulfur is a natural byproduct of lager yeast. You can mm. let the sulfur get out of there. Maybe use some single hop American, yeah. like fun hops. We mm-hmm. we have absolutely amazing hops in America. Like yeah. you know, Barber Rouge, a newer one. Mm-hmm. You know, Sabro and IPAs. We like had a monic beer the other day, or like a few weeks ago. That the hop was so new that it wasn't even named yet. Yeah, it was, was just so called so the yeah. like New England HBC Experimental Hop. Yeah, or something and that's where like your old world <laughs> is, and that's kind of where our world is too. As bartenders, yeah. is we're getting handed like. American saltwater gin that's grapefruit flavored. We're getting handed all these things oh, that yeah. like yeah. there was no reason for it or even like necessity for it. But like it's yeah. like here it is and it's like go for it, you know. And I think that novelty is really kind of the direction that these things are going. That like yeah. as long as you can make a good old fashioned for yeah. us as bartenders, as long as you can make a good pilsner or a good lager, which is hard to nail down. I mean that's like the first couple of years the into that. The simplest things are the hardest. Style. And also it sits in the tank longer than yeah. you know uh, yeah, American so you, ale. You're making so less money because you're right. taking more time. There's just less the ingredients, there's less yeah. process and it's more so, of like it's like appropriate seven weeks so versus here, two you guys have uh, <laughs> exactly. here at Goodwood you'll have local lager. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is a lager, but for me, it's a non-typical in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's not as crisp. It's more malty. It's, uh, it has a little bit more of like a, almost a savoriness for a lager. Like, yeah. because it's richer in flavor, you know, uh, like, uh, we tasted, you know, we got one on tap that's from another company that's like real crisp and clean. And that's what a lot of people expect. Mm-hmm. But then what I expected was more requests for the other one. But when Louisville Lager blew on tap, people came back and they were like, "What? You don't have Louisville Lager anymore?" <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah. we crushed. Yeah, and Louisville I was Lager. like Hell thrown yeah. back to be honest, because it was one of those I, I expected them to want the cleaner, Perfect. crisper one. Yeah. I'm excited wanted... for y'all to order, t- order ten kegs a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did in like two. We'd weeks. be down we with it. Like too. five kegs. No, 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 you're good. But yeah. I mean, that was also because of Burger Week. But I mean, still, <laughs> like you know. During the Backstreet Boys uh, reunion tour, like, and be able to go through that much beer, you know, yeah. that's, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, oh my God, we just went through five kegs. I had to, I had a secondary order throughout the week because I was yeah. running through so much of it. Yeah. Well, it was insane. Well, and I think you guys are going to be really pleasantly surprised because James, the head brewer here, he's only improving these beers. Like, the lager is something he's working on yeah uh so james uh came to us from fatheads during COVID, and uh yeah we gotta we gotta open another one of these just to just to get going well we typically do a whole moment where the the cans get cracked and like oh gotcha it's all good yeah uh no we can do (laughs) (laughs) these glasses are getting empty ryan hasn't drank uh, I am excited to talk uh, about this. So yeah, James, we haven't even mentioned the beer yet that we're oh, drinking, yeah. and, so, and we'll get into that. Yeah. So, right. so James, so is, before we do that, let's, let's kind of roll back into this okay. whiskey a little bit. Sure. Not being a Kentucky bourbon, like typically, like I say, ninety-five percent of bourbons made Kentucky, and the best stuffs made Kentucky. After taking tasting this, like I, I'm gonna start looking for more non-Kentucky bourbons by its flavor profile if it comes out like this. Yeah, we're gonna have to redact that list. I, yeah. I, I hope more I, do, but honestly, Ariel's from Pee Wee Valley and she grew up drinking bourbon. She's mm-hmm. like, I, I think that's just why she loves her job so much yeah. <laughs> so well. But 
if it wasn't good, genuine, yeah. she would she would not be there and not love it, and she loves it. I think you see that in the non Kentucky distilleries that they know that they aren't they don't have that, you know, yeah. and they're trying harder than versus yeah. you can just slap Kentucky straight on any label here and it will probably sell at this <laughs> Kentucky point. Kentucky Tavern. Kentucky anywhere, Tavern. Exactly. Oh my god. To it's where just, like they ha- they really have to fight harder to like be able to get that bottle right. sold even it's, in like bottle presence. In a bourbon market, it is tough. Yeah. Especially if you don't have that Kentucky thing. Yeah, exactly. So so when you're pushing into that market and you're seeing someone come in and as a Kentucky boy, like what's your first reaction? You know, Kevin, what's your first reaction when like someone walks in and is like, here's a Oregon whiskey or a Washington whiskey? I'm generally pretty skeptical, skeptical off the bat, but I mean, one of my favorite scotches or one of my favorite whiskeys, uh, and I guess technically the scotch family is an Indian scotch, Indian whiskey. The John Paul? The John Paul. Yeah. So Ooh. like, I, I feel like I've been down this road a few times and sometimes occasionally it lets me down real hard but also occasionally like i end up loving it mm. so i i mean it's always a coin flip for me and this side i mean it came up heads 100 yeah well and also one question i think is is always important to consider is is that whiskey grain to glass because this whiskey we're tasting is grain to glass they make every drop of it themselves yeah. you know they're not sourcing it from from anyone under the sun mm-hmm. like they have full say over every part of it yeah and talking to those distillers Control. so mm-hmm. yeah you know that's maybe maybe a question i don't i don't know if no, that's the difference but yeah it, it does uh, make a difference makes a huge and, difference and it took me a yeah. while to say that i don't mind sourcing but when i'd rather have something that wasn't sourced in a sense just because you know like you took the time to make it you took the time to age it yeah. you you wait, waited and sat on that for so long that you look like you're losing so much money. Yeah. I mean, it's an insane amount of money. Oh, it's like impossible we, to yeah. surmount the the money involved in like just doing that yourself. I can't even imagine. Yeah. The cost of the still itself is outrageous because there's like two companies that make these things. You know, like imagine like the monopoly on that, which it seems kind of un-American in a sense, or truly American. <laughs> but, yes, I mean, oof. But, big oof. How, how big do we want to go? Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's only two companies making this stuff, yeah. so you have to purchase this. Then you have to take the time to find who's getting your you're getting your grain from, and finding that person that's like. Oh, they're still in the state, and they're still growing this great oh, product. Oh yeah, I mean you the know? almonds are are awesome. It's too. insane. Like, to it's think. great they grow yeah. the grain, and especially if you like know the family and like it's a family-run farm. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, wild turkey actually has that. They get their uh, they get a couple of their grains from a family-run farm, mm-hmm. non-GMO, and the whole bit. And it's like crazy but to think with- that like the whiskeys like this can still exist nowadays. You know, and start up, sit, and go while yeah. other companies are just buying up a bunch of barrels that somebody's already made. Oh yeah, I mean, two barrel, two best friends in a family. Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that where we're going? That's basically Woodenville whiskey. Um, and cheers to those people who care about what they do yeah, and love what they do. Brian's gonna give himself a little extra pour real quick. Chink. There we go. So to, to me, <laughs> to Brian. Oh, oh, oh my God, talking about. to Brian. Oh, all right, never mind. No. Um, you know. Minus the obligation of consistency, which is what he's talking about, you can't hold any of that against anybody no. when it becomes a presentation or product. 
And you might not be here right now if I had done that to you as a bartender. That's very because true. Because if ye old grandash was cast against classic stencils of what a cocktail is... I would have lost big time. Then you <laughs> would have failed miserably. Oh, yeah. But I just was like, I don't care what it is. I don't care what's in it. I don't care where it comes from. Let me taste it. And then the taste is all that matters. All that Correct. matters is that moment you have to I mean, to when I made that cocktail, you go, lime doesn't go with bourbon. It doesn't. And, and it then is, I immediately go, I'm making lime. vanilla syrup, an ounce, and like eight dashes of bitter on top. And that cocktail, historically, it made no sense at all. But it that's the thing that like we so have well. to deal with of like, when I make a cocktail for somebody that they're not familiar with, and even in our like R&D, and you're like, what's in it? I'm like, I'm going to tell you after you drink it. Because mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want that pre-judgment like, cast it against it. It only belongs to that moment that I'm presenting to you. And anything beyond that, it doesn't matter if it comes from Kentucky, Washington, Tennessee, Hawaii, Florida. If, if the whiskey is Not good, Florida. the whiskey <laughs> is good. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Florida matters. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Florida. Florida doesn't it? Oh. So, uh, I'm reading the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had Florida Man yet? Uh, from uh, the Cigar Kim, City. C- Cigar City. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said, what, was it, what was it? Florida? Something. It was uh, called something else. It was no, Florida, I, no, I Florida Cracker not, is a different beer by then, but oh, Florida Man is and, like their highlight double. Oh, oh my god. Because yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> this is so much better than Florida Man. I oh, man. I can't throw stones. <laughs> I am grateful to be compared to them growing up drinking their beer, but. Yeah. It, breweries are made of glass houses. Yep. You can only talk shit on four walls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Or, or on the yeah, internet. I, I yeah. gotta say, I respect them. Like, I grew up with them. Yeah. Especially their big, like, boozy beers. I mean, they have some good beers, yeah. dude. They yeah. really do. But, uh, the highlight. But yeah. all I'm saying is, James killed it on this. Uh, so, yes. yeah, what, what yeah, we're drinking now. Yeah, beer. so once again, this is Goodwood Two Live Brew, double IPA. Um, it's what's the ABV on this? Eight point two percent. Eight point two percent. Any time that I throw in a point percent or a tenth percent, <laughs> they yell at me. Oh. <laughs> Every time. But now, no, it's fine. Mean, oh, hey, he's a guest. I got yeah, a guy. Nice. Yeah, other people, they yell at you way worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is all James. This is James, our new head brewer. He put a spin on it. He's coming from Fatheads. We've done this beer on draft once before. Mm. Contracted some absolutely beautiful hops from his old homies. Do you know what the hop recipe is? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Mosaic and Citra. Cool. But we'd have to ask. I think those really good approachable hops. But it sings. It sings like tropical fruit in your face, and it says, drink me from the can. Mm -hmm. It still it retains really that resiny quality as a double, but it's not overwhelming and it doesn't yeah, linger yeah. too long. It still has that tropical note to and like take away from that. It's but it's a, still present. It's got a gorgeous but, color too. Like oh yeah, yeah. to the light. Oh, like, it's like it's this, such like, a it's a perfect like, like orange amber. Yeah, kind of like over the top. Wonderful color. Yeah. yeah. Honey Hue Red. Honey, Honey Hue Red. Red. Oh, nailed oh, it. I'm going to name my daughter Honey Hue Red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start thing, you'll never actually have better, a daughter. I'm going to start describing things a, as that. A man or woman named <laughs> yeah. something red. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but like, hey, man, you, you don't know, know what happens. I, tonight. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Like, man, woman? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Whatever. Yeah, so right. he's I'll taste it till you try it. Hey, and you better touch yeah, it. Yeah, baby. He yeah. said it already. Someone's getting chlamydia. <laughs> it's happening. But Someone or something. Like, yeah. I, I am he, not he, a huge he, IPA fan. Like, I, he's you not. know, I've, I've said multiple times, I got, my palate got demolished for IPAs back in the day when they made 
you know, ungodly bitter stuff. And I love seeing stuff like this where it is still 8.2%, but it's got all this wonderful flavor. It's not overwhelming. This bitter note's not taking over my palate. It's got a really good, like, nutty background to it. It does. Uh, What kind of malts uh, or grains are we using? Grains. uh, It's a pretty simple grain bill. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you just use two row, a little bit of dextrin. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you're still getting that, like, caramely note in a sense yeah but it's like it's complementing those fruit notes coming from the the mosaic and the citra oh yeah like i mean you'd nice. have to ask james on the zach green bill but he he made it so it's sung and this beer made me so happy i could almost cry when i taste it out of the yeah. tank because this is everything we've been working on right you know while everything's been shut down mm-hmm. uh i mean goodwood has definitely gone through a lot of changes yeah. we started you know, a long time ago, mm. and then we're BBC for a while. And That's then... something I want to talk to you about. Oh, yeah. So for <laughs> me, like, growing up as a Louisvillian kid, like, BBC, you guys had your bourbon milk stout, you had your nut brown out in the world, and you guys were kind of the first, like, craft brewery that, like, I was able to recognize, like, this is from my streets. You know, this is, world. like, yeah. the ground is still hot from these. And then there, you guys did really well, and you guys expanded that portfolio, and then all of a sudden there was this split. And for us in the industry, we have no idea how BBC became Goodwood or Goodwood became BBC or they are just both different. I didn't or not know it the at same. all until today. So <laughs> I will give you uh, what I've learned as a recent transplant. My wife and I moved from Seattle in March, mm-hmm. so I'm very much recent to the area, but you know, forever home. So no, gotta learn your history. Uh, so BBC. It's funny, because when I found out this was BBC, that's an old connection of mine. I used to work at a restaurant that sold bluegrass uh, brewing bourbon barrel stout. Yeah. It was uh, a huge in Virginia. product in across Virginia. the world. Oh, in that's Virginia. crazy. Yeah. It was sold it was one of the first the most of it American bourbon stouts, yeah. We're talking like a half barrel a week sometimes, mm-hmm. two Jesus. half barrels a week. Wow. Like yeah. We are plugging away. It was before and, Dragon's Mill, before that like, Boulevard. Yeah. It was before that all that. beer was... Amazing! Absolutely yeah. blew my mind. You know the uh, the the roast presence, like the balance, the bourbon note, awesome. So fast forward long time <laughs> to this March, <laughs> uh, and I come here and and I'm talking to Ted, the owner, and he's telling me a little bit about the history. We saw the there's a beer wall. We all walked yeah. by earlier when we were walking we'll around. Put a picture of it up on Instagram. And. You know, we talked we talked about that, and we rebranded in 2013 because this was a a secondary location of the brewery, so that it was like an offsite brewery for them. Goodwood from BBC. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and made a new brand because we had a new owner and mm-hmm. and and all that, and we had Joel. So it was one owner, and then it just suddenly. Well, it was uh, partners, and okay. then one one person took it over. Was it that one wanted to be like national, well, see, and that's, one wanted well, to that's be local? That's the story I heard. So one wanted yeah. to stay local and only really serve in the the like one the wanted to retain itself, like, and then one wanted to go national and sell like across okay. the country. I mean, and so that's yeah. where the like the split happened. It's like, look, you can still use grain recipes and like similar yeah. stuff. But, like, we're only going to serve in our restaurants. One of them didn't want to be Subway and, and sacrifice quality <laughs> to being available, yeah. like, in truck stops across the nation. Yeah. You know? no. And the other one yeah. was no. just, like, money. Well, see, I can't, I can't speak to this split because, like, you, 
You'd honestly have to ask Ted about that, uh, the the main owner. Yeah. Just as far as like how that part happened, mm-hmm. all of the the ends involved. But I I do know. You know, we we made a whole thing. There's been a lot of people behind it. Joel was the original brewer we had. He's over doing uh, Hive and Barrel now. Over okay. partnered with Third Turn. Cool. Um, oh yeah. We've heard good things in New Albany. Uh, no, that's Jaytown. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, east, like their east location. So I guess it's like... Oklahoma. Is that New Albany? Oklahoma. I don't know. No, New, Al- New Albany. Oh, no, New Albany's in New Albany. What am I thinking? The third turn of beer. Nobody ever yeah. knows what you're yeah, talking about. <laughs> east. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I, think, I think he's got a subsidiary location. I've only met him once, talked to him. Yeah. He's a cool I've heard dude. Crazy, yeah. amazing things about their beer garden. Like, yeah. only positive, like, <laughs> I, it's, you know, for me, I don't drive, I ride a one wheel, trying to get out to Oklahoma, that's like, you know, that's impossible, So, you know? so he was the first, and then, uh, Brian was the brewer, head brewer when I came here, and then James took over, so James, James Kelly and I have been talking a lot, and then with RT and, and Ted, the owner and VP, and, and Don, our, our sales manager, we've all just been working like getting all these changes going and this yeah. is like yeah. the culmination of all of that they so, brewed it before so I, I, but this is how many people slaps. are employed here at goodwood that you oh, can see in Kroger's oh, across like the nation like how many people uphold this place oh god uh so in the brewery we have what james rich quentin we have three people here james rich quentin colin so four people here. And think about that. They they sell yeah. across state lines. Yeah. Four <laughs> people's ideas <laughs> get distillated four, into one option when you're and trying to buy lettuce. Brewing, not just we have uh, <laughs> Kelly over but at the, the new Frankfurt location, which is yeah. which is <laughs> glorious. The Frankfurt location is beautiful. It's a little five barrel system in the brew pub. I didn't know you had a location in Frankfurt. Frankfurt, yeah. Kentucky, or Frankfurt, Frankfurt Kentucky? Avenue? What? So, no, uh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah I we go Frankfurt out there sometime if y'all yeah. want. Oh, uh, that was I mean. <laughs> you know, a lot of places, uh, against the grain actually ser- uh, serves out in China, and they're actually pretty big in China. In the so that's I was huge. really just trying to yeah. be rude. Like, like, <laughs> it's like the ideas of like four people, they're yeah. affecting human yeah. thoughts like across oh, yeah. how many different states. Yeah. And I mean, you, you could change a day with a beer. Dear. <laughs> yeah. yep. You could literally change you a day with a beer. Like, you have somebody who's had a crappy day, and you hand them a crappy beer, their day's going to get worse. You know, it's like, now I'm just pissed. I've had this shitty beer. I'm going to get drunk. I hate this. And then, but you sit down with quality ingredients, and it's kind of why we do this podcast to talk about, like, what you can get at this oh, low dude. cost. Yeah. You know, I think you need to start doing more algebra, man, because a negative <laughs> and a negative is a positive. <laughs> shitty day, oh, shitty beer. I'm in a good mood now. <laughs> See, I'm like, I'm mad that I'm now drinking. And you know, as much as I love High Life, like, if I had a really crappy day and I'm just starting to chug High Life. What about High Life Light? High Life Light is especially <laughs> meant for the trash can. You know? But, like, I'm I'm a Stroh's guy. You know what I mean? So, I, like, if I'm drinking a domestic, I'm going to go Stroh's. And it still only makes me hope so happy in that moment. But then you Stros. sit down with a quality-made beer that some like four people took the time to make, you know, not on this like conglomerate like massive scale side. Like they yeah. took the time to purposely. Yeah, and we've talked about we've talked about this before, with what was it, Stitzel Weller? 
Yep. Where yep. you could see like bearded people yelling at each other <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Like five and, like, or arguments. Four between somewhere between like four and twelve. Fourteen people, employees. Fourteen employees working the entire at Willet. At Willet. One distillery. Sorry. Apparently I'm wrong about all of it. But <laughs> my heart's in the right place. Your purpose <laughs> and your point was taken. I was like, yeah. Stitzel yeah. Wally is now. Uh, yeah, but they're yeah. big now. But no, like, yeah, they're huge. Like, that's that's like, a trace. Back in the day, fourteen employees for the longest time. National brand, 14 employees. Can we do crazy. You know, so sitting down with one of these beers is really, like, to be honest, one of those moments, it's like, I don't get it very often. And I, you know, I have two kids. I have a wife. I, you know. You have two I kids? All, I do have two kids. How many kids do you have? Yeah, seven. Seven? Yeah. Eighteen uh, kids. Two of them he had himself, or two of them his, she had herself. The other five he just has? Someone yeah. sat down on the I don't know where they came from. <laughs> Mr. Mom. <laughs> yeah. yes. Michael Keaton. Yeah, Thank you. That's all. Not many does. people know that one. There you go again. But hey, that was a great film. <laughs> That's not the so. explicit opinion of anyone representing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually believe that. So, <laughs> but Jonah, great about my little tidbit back in the cell. I can finish yeah. it real quick. But like, you know, you finish the day out with a beer like this. Like, you have an eight point two with two. Yeah, eight point two percent beer. You have one or two of those. Like, you're you're gonna be relaxed. You're not trying to get chip based you're just yeah. having good beers and relaxing it's like that like i had a really expensive glass of wine you know it's not the wine that really did it it's the thought process the intention and then the drinking you know yeah, and that yeah. changes your whole perception on the moments mm-hmm. you've been having yeah. and that's what like this beer meets that moment i will say it. as someone who has been sober in the past month that character is really what becomes like the volume is turned up on when once you take that move because oh, yeah. it isn't just shots and it isn't just drinking this to get it down your gullet and feel some type of way it's like acknowledging the difference between this product and another product and really being present enough to really take it in you know and like accept its release of you and let it go slowly and it's not just this like she's to the wind moment it's not totally aloof it's like somehow this like weird yeah. symbionts between presentness and like vulnerability all right so we'll have an interpreter for brian later on <laughs> well uh, <laughs> no, i get no, what no. he's saying i really I get, get what, what he's, he's saying. saying i really the, yeah. uh, but this is what we meant by the interpreter. i, I do want to say this pairing is going to lead to a sheets to the wind mode oh <laughs> it's, it's yeah. kind of stronger yeah. so you know well, so, <laughs> so that's a perfect segue moment uh so we judge both Whiskey and beer individually, and then we judge it by a pair oh. every episode. Can I do one thing before we yes. do that? Yes. Yeah, I saw my, you see in the can. It's my favorite thing that we do every episode, because I'm not a huge beer guy. I appreciate beer, but I'm not a huge beer guy. So the cans and the artwork are the my can, favorite. The cans, dude. It's, dude, what it's awesome. It's Miami Vice for doing Hashtag me so happy. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is. It's phenomenal. This is probably the oh, prettiest so can. It's like Archer Miami Vice. Yeah. yeah. Pan's the, eaten some stuff, and you really don't, you really don't notice it until you really look at it. But so there's the front layer with the pink, or pink palm trees, the green background, but then the light like yellow, that is oh, the yeah. boom boxes. Like Super I didn't, I, if it's in the sun, you really don't see it. Like there's something there, but you don't know what it is. And I, oh my god, I didn't even notice that. See, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such, it's such a well thought out and yeah. well designed detail can. Like oh. attention to detail, I love it. All right, so in that sense, so in that vein, um, this is a wrapped can. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. a lot of breweries are going to that. Love it. And it's not directly on. I, is this a 
a positive movement, as in like it's cheaper, more effective, less in, less impact on the environment kind of yeah. moment? Um, probably not. I, <laughs> well, I mean, paints are very bad no, for the environment. I would you know, say, I would say generally painted, what's more comfortable for humans is less positive for the environment. Painted cans are very hard to do these days. Uh, wrapped cans are great, and they can, even in our case, because we have you know a bunch of blanks for beers that we're not going to make again, because you have to buy cans in large quantities. We're talking super large pallets and pallets and pallets. Tens of thousands. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well... I mean, we're not that big. Oh, but yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, yeah, lot, yeah. lots. Um, so we're, 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 looking, <laughs> we're looking at uh, rewrapping cans right now with these new, fun, innovative things that we've been working on. This is a culmination of, like, uh, honestly, a, f- a lot of groups of people. This one beer and the fact that it's so good in this can. Like, yeah. I so still cool, can't man. just sing enough to it it's really yeah. good. I'm so glad you're proud of it because that's yeah, that's all we know like, like what we are good at and what we strive yeah. for every day like actually gets experienced by our guests whether they're aware of it or not it's still there and it's something that you can be proud of yeah one thing I do want to ask right before we go into the judging um, so it, you know Goodwood's big thing is brewed limestone water mm-hmm. right? I'm assuming all the beers agree with that and like on a percentage, how much do you think that matters? Because I know that matters huge with whiskey and bourbon, especially having that. You know, lo- like was it low calcium, right? Or is uh, yeah, uh, is no low calcium high or no low iron limestone is high calcium. Yeah, high calcium, low iron. Yeah, um, does that make a difference that much on the beer? So. Kentucky is great for its water, not just because of limestone content. Like, limestone is super porous, so water passes through quickly, it keeps it fresher, it goes underground in a more, uh, new, in, in a better state overall, because it doesn't sit on the topsoil and, like, absorb all these heavy metals so and stuff like that. So just like a cleaner, so like a smoother water. We can't take credit for Louisville's water system, but we <laughs> do brew with it. It is great to work with. Like, I have brewed in D.C. I mean, Seattle, I will say, gives Kentucky a run for its money okay. in, in some ways. Seattle has great yeah. water. Great water as well. well but, we were, uh, like, 16th in the nation for taste. Is not necessarily, like, quality, but, like, taste. Not too long ago, we were, we were higher than that. Let's see that. Yeah. So Yeah, okay. the flavor here is probably the best water I've had in my entire life. And I remember I went to Arizona and yeah. did not enjoy the after effects <laughs> of the water. No, but I grew up in Florida. I might be biased. Like, and, yeah. Water is well, not I mean, that's well like the known. New York guy that, that made, he had a pizza store in New York and then moved to LA and he was yeah. trying to recreate his pizza and something was wrong. Something was wrong. He kept trying to refigure it and he was like, I don't know what's going on. And he figured out it was the crappy New York water that made the flavor of the pizza. So now he has like truck shit. But him. that's still the New York water is what makes bagels bagels. Right. Like people say you <laughs> can't bagels. Bagels. supposedly. Yeah, people say you can't make bagels without that. I'm pretty New sure York they just need to be kosher. Not it's nonsense, it. right? Well, well, and see, water is like like we're talking about a rotating you know spectrum, a turning wheel, like. Water changes based on what the city puts into it. So, you know, yeah. in, in the summer, there might be mold inhibitors. might be a slightly different pH. It could mm. be all those things. I think Louisville's the best consistently good water because I moved here in the summer, and right. it was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. 
nice. That's, yeah, that's my take on it. From, so, I don't have the science yet, but so you we're know. at the point where we need to judge. All yeah, right. let's let's talk about so uh, you Kyle, know what? for you the way that we judge, uh, we do a individual rating for the bourbon and the beer or whiskey and the beer, and then we do a, a combination. Like, how do these work as a pairing kind of situation? And so, like, we've so had times... not compliment, yeah. like a one to ten scale. We've had times where it's been like, oh, this beer's a seven, this whiskey's a six, but this combination's a three. So it happens yeah. sometimes. So mm-hmm. and I, I know that you're personally tied into both of these things. Oh, you're fine. Into this whiskey and beer, bourbon and beer. So... I am historically the person who's gonna be the biggest dick about it. Please don't take it personally. I won't. Because I like you, yeah. man. No. <laughs> I picked, uh, I picked I them together for a reason. And, I, I already agree with you. <laughs> I am generous in the sense of when I like it, I give it a super high yeah. score. When I don't like it, though, I just, I just don't give it much at all. Fair enough. So l- let's start today with Brian. Brian hasn't been here in a while. He hasn't been here in a while. All right, so since Brian hasn't been here in a while, then we'll go to Kyle, and then we'll go to Kevin, and then we'll go to me. Yeah, sounds Sounds good. good. All right, I would rate this whiskey by itself as like a 7.5. Solid. Solid whiskey. Super good. Full spectrum. What's what's your favorite note about that whiskey? I like that the bacon spice is present throughout the entire experience, but never overwhelms anything else. I agree with that. It, it's like I get a lot else going on when I actually taste it versus the smell, but it still sings through the whole experience, which I'm about. This beer, uh, I have a high affection toward strong ABV beers. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell yeah, you like, haven't been drinking all month. <laughs> I've not drink. I've not been drunk in a long time. Nope. I am drunk this now. Slurring. And I have to say that I love this beer. I'm gonna give it a solid like again, seven point five. Seven point five. You know, doubles, doubles are really hard because is, when that, I, is that the highest rating yet? No, no. Like as a two and two, like no. I haven't given the pairing rating. Yet. No, 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 I'm no. talking about as individuals at a combination yeah. number. Fifteen. Well, the I mean, highest, that, that really do, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, but you know I think what I mean. Is. Like that's kind of like a, yeah. all right, we hit a mark. But for me, as someone who likes like high BV beers, I don't know. I as a pairing, I'm gonna give this. There's no double that you can cast against a bourbon and be like, that's totally like, that is equilibrium. Like that. Right. So Kyle. Sings onto itself. So oh. as a pairing, I'm going to give a six. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say that's this has enough bacon spice to hold up against this, like, way wildly present. Six is still a solid number. That's high for him, too. So six, right. I don't know if Kyle's actually tasted them back to back. Um, I'm, I'm sure right he now. has. Well, you know we what can, I mean. Uh, yeah, it, we can it, talk through. I mean, the beer, obviously not, because we just scanned it today. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. Like, so, have you tasted them? Just like took a sip of the bourbon, took a sip of the yeah. beer. You know, on like, your on the zero to ten in whiskey, like what would be the ten of whiskey? Well, the, the ten is a personal thing. Okay. So, like, yeah, this is you know, what's your issues. ten is different. You know what I mean? Got like. You, uh, uh, masters keep decades for me was a 10. Yeah. You know, but, or the original batch forgiven, like, was a 10. But gotcha. that was my 10. You know what I mean? What's your 10? You noted on that. Because, like, when you have a super high ride, it comes off too gummy and chemically. I won't, I won't drink it. So, I guess the 10 for me would be a private 
Lee-owned bottle of uh, Pappy Tournier that was Stitzelweller. Ooh, the Before they yeah, got so bought the out, old one. yeah, um, that was sold. When Pappy mattered, it was sold <laughs> from someone that passed away's collection to Virginia ABC, the bar I worked for, bought one. It was like crazy pineapple mm-hmm. sort of really? notes. That's yeah. insane. Which yeah, I've never tasted the whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. Like, it blew my mind. Um, yeah, I've I've never tasted anything like yeah. it. To, All right. To be so, frank, so and compared to that, what do you rate this? The Woodenville Whiskey Cup, which we haven't said yet. It's wood, <laughs> it's the three words wood, in I N, and then Ville V I L, which is yeah, which is the, the uh, that's the area they're in. It's it's yeah. in Woodenville, Washington. Because if yeah. you just so say that to me, a, I'd assume it's W O O D. I know I know Louisville yeah. says yeah. Louisville yeah. different than everybody else. Is, do they say Woodenville different up there? Wouldn't uh-huh. no, wood, wood, just, just wood wood uh, okay. so Woodenville <laughs> whiskey. Uh, so these guys are smaller; like they're making seven barrels a day. Oh, so they're like so Yellowstone. You, like you want to you want to talk about like well, you know, they make like a hundred a day. I mean, maybe it's nine. Like you'd have to ask Ariel, yeah. but it's it's something lesser small. like that. So they, they've been small batching. Forever, there's variants in bottles. I've tasted a lot of bottles of wooden mill. Um, this would probably be, and it's it's very slight. Like they're mostly consistent for the most part. Not to interrupt. How much does this bottle cost? Uh, it's recommended MSRP in the state of Kentucky because they they do a few states for thirty nine ninety five. All right. So oh, just man, like the we're perfect know, on that we, one. We tend or to not include tax. Well, I think it's like right we, there. We do bourbons yeah. under forty dollars. Exactly. So no, no. <laughs> and I was, I was talking to my wife. I was like, uh, "What is the? Because I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm just uh, off in my whiskey, beer island. Right? Like, <laughs> hey, honey, how's it going? My one uh, beer costs this much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thirty nine ninety nine, and I would rate this. This is. A really good bottle of bourbon. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to go 8.5 on the bourbon. Ooh. I think this is the highest rating yet. I've I hit think an eight. it is as well. I've hit an 8 on uh, 1792 eight. and Old Bar's Channel. I will say, we're also not tasting this out of Glen Cairns, which changes Yeah, that does change. Right. Where's that, the high percentage uh, but, <laughs> so, so, that's, so that's kind of a I, question. Like, we can kind of have a moment real quick. Yeah. Um, so, that... How much of a difference that makes is Massive. when Massive. when the nose goes into a smaller thing. Now this is where I was talking about earlier. Is like I can stick my whole nose in here. That was with a old fashioned glass, a double rocks glass, whatever you want to call it, a nice size ten ounce ish glass, eight to ten ounce glass, and you're able to stick your nose in that. Now if it was a Glen Karen, no, I would not have just stuck my nose in it. Like I would have literally just breathed I mean, in ethanol. But <laughs> honestly, the Glen Karen glass, like I tasted this bottle last night. Uh, I, I cracked it before mm-hmm. before we we all came oh, out. So you decided and... not to share. I see. I yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm I, on his actually, side. Actually, I just, I I just brought the bottle. Like Ariel, Ariel can run out and, and buy a new one. Oh, so yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, shit, this one was really good. I'll, I'll bring. Like they're all really good. This is probably a nine with the Glen Karen glass. Like oh. this. Nice. Exceptional bottle of bourbon. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, um, but that's how much that glass makes a difference. A hundred percent. Well, but yeah, yeah. What the, uh, I agree with you. I love bourbon. I love good whiskey out of a Glencairn. 
But when I'm going out, mm-hmm. if I'm going out to drink bourbon, I'm going to bars around Louisville, I don't expect to get a Glencairn. That's true. That's very true. I if when I order a neat pour of bourbon, I oh, expect to get it. You're not a whiskey bar. You're at a hundred percent. So, and I mean, you've got a nine in the Glencairn. Does it change in the rocks glass? Very much so. To what? I want eight point five. I mean, probably in all real reality, it would probably be an eight compared compared with to rocks your top. To, no. Okay. To, to what I and that's a question yeah. for someone who deals with beer is like how much does the glass matter in the beer glass category is everything in the beer yeah. category too like shaker shaker pints right like, they are the Boston shaker the, the Boston shaker mixing glass like, with, pints like with, there's a lot of names of this glass I mean, yeah. your typical pint yeah. the pint glass is bullshit like we should abolish pint glasses Heard, but should, it's easy to carry it's and great and they're stackable the stackable for bars I, is I get everything that. i've said this i'm like we need historically <laughs> appropriate like bar glasses this is my well, argument see, i've had <laughs> those whole mason jars and i just want to say screw nope, it and just I'm go all mason jars i mean we may have to try to do that i'm trying to be like we have this on draft this deserves this well the thing is like like this is the argument we have but those mason jars can kind of like it has a, a nostalgic country mode to it. We're in Louisville, you know. It's it's that class. Yeah. All right. So, so you're pairing, like as as a couple, this beer or no? We we never got to. Did we get to your beer? We didn't get to your beer. Mm-mm. So let's. I mean, it is your beer. Well, not your you beer. Are, it's James's. James's beer. I am adjacent beer. to it, and yeah. we celebrate everything together because we're you just we're a small you, crew. But you're here. Yeah. You're part of this company. But, that is part you. Whether you know, it's it definitely when we open the can, there's all those volatile compounds. You're gonna know if there's anything bad in there. Right. We poured it. We smelled it. That beer had bright tropical fruit. Mm-hmm. It had some sweetness on the nose. There was almost a perception of like a, a lush red grapefruit sort of thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. You get into it, song. and it satisfies you with that. It, it bitters like you hit a, a bit of pith when you're biting into it. A um, little bit of pink fruit. And, yeah, I, I would give this beer... On the double IPA spectrum with tropical fruit present, uh, I mean, I would give James like a a seven and a half. Heard salt. So you gave an eight, eight and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half, seven and a half. I was about to ask, as someone who brews beer, what is your favorite beer? Just like island favorite beer. Island beer. Island beer is. We talked about this. That, oh, yeah. that is a... Uh, like Miller Lite. One island, it two miles long. No, you, one island, two one miles long. Lots of coconuts and avocados. So I would line it with 20 different years of Orval and right? drink my way from yeah. fresh to No old. engagements, though. <laughs> <laughs> no engagements, no glassware that overflowed. Um, I, and I split my time between Orval and uh, Allagash White. Like, that's, that's the happy medium. Yeah. Like both of those beers, yeah. like yeah. make me happy. Very like great. the the Brett complexity the, in the back of those are beers. Like, the whole Kevin, time we've Kevin, had those beers, they've so, always been those beers. Give yeah. me a second. No so change. prime example, Kevin's not a beer guy, so mm. those beers mean nothing to him. I don't know what you're talking about. Right so we're all, <laughs> not it not literally so sounds like waba laba dub dub. Can I can I give some some praise to that? Absolutely. So 
all Saccharomyces produces glycerol yeah, during the fermentation. Yeast, right? uh, no, glycerol is a byproduct no, of no, fermentation. Oh, Saccharomyces. Yeah. yeah. Saccharomyces cerevisiae is the clean beer yeast. That's what produces most ales. Okay. Um, the Saison strain of that yeast produces glycerol in elevated quantities. It interacts with your mouth differently, and that's why Saison is the perfect food pairing. Yeah. For the that most makes, part. So it's the Pinot Noir of beers. Yeah. It matches everything. <laughs> it's the dusty Oregon yeah. Trail. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. Like Didn't get dysentery. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you died of dysentery. For, for those of people uh, who don't that. know beer, as, as in, in the sense of what Kevin, who has been bartending, his focus has been otherwise, like, you know, there are different types of yeast that give different yeah. types of flavor profiles. So, like the lactobacillus yeah. gives like this tart, all that stuff. Well, and that's a bacteria. We're all talking to our listeners, for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, it, you know, you got like lactobacillus that adds like the, the like tart and sour notes, and then you got like Brettanomyces, which is earthy. Well, those are bacteria, right? Those are bacteria, yeah. but they're used as a secondary like, moment for flavor. I give up. Yeah, and why didn't this happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like so, so for people who don't understand that moment, like all these like jar, giant Latin yeah, there's esters and, and phenols that produce like the smells and and flavoring right. components. Right, but you, you, you know, I, I for sure for our listeners especially, I don't want someone to be you know intimidated when someone says any kind of yeast bacteria or anything like that. I want them to know that those are flavoring agents. It's just as if a cock oh, yeah, uh, for for, sure. for a person. Yeah that's behind the bar and goes, hey, I want to put grenadine in that. You know, it, it yeah. in a sense, that's what it meant. Or I need a dash of orange flower water. You know, I need, you know what? I needed something savory, oh, so I'm going to use Ramazzotti. Like, I, in that sense, it's like I, I want different flavor profiles to so use different things. Well, yeah. to distill that, I'll say brewers don't make beer. Yeast and bacteria make beer. Exactly. And so that's, that's the whole, like, that's kind of They're the teachers. They're just watching during the test. Water. Like, oh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> that was like, my favorite Where are we appropriate? Did. Where are we yeah. just falling in? Like, that's We make sugar podcast. water and we tend our garden. And yeah. that garden produces yeah. these All things right. we're tasting. So, did you do a pairing taste? And it's... Uh, so uh, pairing, a pairing judge. So back to back, how does it feel to you? Does it match? Does it? Do you think that would it be something you request at a bar? And one to ten, what would you? Oh, this is a hand on the face kind oh, of deliberation. Yeah, the stroke, the chin, the that. chin hairs. I can't grow hair, so <laughs> you gotta try, you grow more beard hair someone. than I do. Um, so I will say, for some reason, the two together, there's an elevated salinity. It is kind of earthy. It is like a, you know, there's a lot of fruit. I, I wonder if it makes a difference if you go spirit to beer or beer to spirit. I, I just want I, beer I, to I usually go spirit to beer. The trouble is that they're both so good. Is it like one keeps oh, yeah. trying to Spirits battle with the other? Oh yeah, spirit to beer is way better. Yeah. So that's, originally in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, we have this bright, like tropical IPA, yeah. you know, double IPA coming out. Yeah. And Woodenville has the spice component, the bacon right. spices, all that. Now you have dessert. I, I gotta say, I do like it better whiskey to beer. If we're going on the upside, because that's definitely the upside. If you do it the other way, there's like a perceived salinity, like yeah. mouth yeah. drying thing. Right. I mean, on an abstract scale of pairing, because I don't pair often. Yeah, the, right. I mean, this uh, is a new thing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this but, is but your like, new baseline. I mean, I do drink a lot of beer. It's on a wide scale of like, would you really See want it. that as a pair, or would yeah. you not want that as a pair? I would. This is like a fuck it night sort of. 
pairing where you're just I like, like I want that double IPA. I want oh, that shot I'm that comes in. with it. Like, yeah. Decision. Oh, it's uh, 10 bucks? No worries. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Uh, in that sense, I, w- I would keep it around 7.5. Something like All that. Right. Eight. So he gave it a 16 on the pairing. Uh, and you said a 7.5. Or a but 7. I'm, the bias, the I'm the biased new guy. I'm family. Numbers. Whiskey is my wife. The, the beer is my mistress. Like, Wow. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Dad's a statement. <laughs> so now we're up to Kevin. Kevin. On the whiskey, I'd say, I mean, it, I feel like I could drink a lot of it. But, it but is, you're used to drinking higher proof, too. I And it is not necessarily my style of bourbon. I prefer. It is a sweet I, Yeah, I am a high rye. I'm a Johnny Drum. Mm. I'm a high rye, peppery, like intense flavor. So I'll take this. It, I mean, it's better than average. It's better than what my five would be. So I'm gonna give it a six on the bourbon. Which anyone who listens to us, you know that I'm really, really aggressive about. It's a solid number for you. Yeah. Yeah. That that's higher than normal for me. Also outside of a Glen Cairns. Yeah. Also <laughs> at a rock yeah, right. Also and, in and you kind of had that secondary conversation. Yeah. What glass matters? Yeah. And so the beer, which, oh, thank you. I would more love pouring. some more. Oh, wait. As the last of the bottle kind of goes out, yep. go ahead if uh, you would be so kind. So oh. the uh, the beer, this double IPA, which is almost, almost borderline the opposite of my go-to beer style. I actually agree with that. Like, seeing that. Yeah. Oh, cheers, cheers, cheers. Yeah, the, so a double IPA is basically the opposite of what I look for in a beer. Milk I'm a stout, stouts. milk stout. Like I am a porter, dark beer. Interesting. Like rich flavor. Astringent carry. Astringent carry. And every time he drinks a beer that I love, he says, "Oh man," I, Brian will just say, "Oh man, it just uh, tastes like dinosaur tar." It does. Tastes like the dinosaurs died and turned into liquid, and that's what you're drinking. He yeah. hates it. It's about it's to like turn into gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's a fossil quality. There is. But that that being said, as far as the dipper goes, I really love this. Dipper, double it IPA. Is. Double IPA. It's a dipper. There is a all about shortening things. Yeah. So right, I'm so... gonna go uh, a six on the bourbon and a seven on the beer. Hell yeah. Yeah, Six look at seven. you go. High five. <laughs> like, love you guys so yeah. much. High five. Oh, yeah. I think we all. All right. So, I've got ears? my pairing. Yeah. Yep, Chad asked all right. pair. Or my judging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Judge pairing. Um, pair judging. So, this actually, like, judging this pairing? whiskey actually walks up perfectly up my flavor profile of what I like. And oddly enough, I know if, if you've been listening through all these episodes that Wild Turkey is one of my favorites. <sighs> And it's because I like the aggressiveness of it, but this one kind of like, just like the 1792 and the bonnet, has like kind of those toasted notes. It has like that caramel richness. It walks up that like wonderful pairing of all those flavors. And that, but it's more complex, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like I had three waves of it happening. Like it was sweet, spicy, bitter, and then that that rye content took control at the end. I'm going to give this one also a 7.5. Hell yeah. I'm coming back. Oh, yeah. I'm done with oh, these point yeah. fives. Oh, yeah. Now, I'll give it a point We're going to like 7.33. To be honest, the only reason that I feel like I'm saying it's not an 8 
is because I'm used to Old Bard Stout. I'm used to 1792. Those are custom flavors to me. So I'm like... And like, you're not tasting out of the Glen That's the trouble. Yeah, this and I'm like... not tasting Glen Carrot. Like, and that, that, to be honest, it's, we didn't, it's we didn't do thing. any water. We didn't yeah, do it's like what you guys ran into without me of, like, Vickle and Hacker Shore. It's like all these kids stand alone onto themselves, but mingling Great. them... Maybe not so much. Y'all are going to taste this for real and be like, oh shit. Weird. Like, <laughs> 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 I will say, this blends, <laughs> this blends that borderline of that rye content of how it presents itself more than any of them. And that's why it gets a 7.5. So that, that like chemical resinous is there, but it's not as if I chewed on a plastic keychain. You know what I mean? Like Rittenhouse, like that moment for me is that I just like, I feel like I'm gnawing on something plastic. Mm -hmm. That's not there for me, but that, that wonderful resinous is there for me. This beer, now this beer, like you said, I'm not a double IPA guy either. Man, this nails it. This is like, this is like a, this is like a hazy IPA that's not hazy. It's got those sweet notes that I like. It's got right. all that good stuff. It's got the tropical fruit notes. I'm going to give this another 7.5. So I'm hitting that at 15. Yeah. yeah you you know what I mean? I was really pleasantly surprised. When he was like, we're going to taste a double IPA, I was kind of dreading it. To yeah. be honest. <laughs> like, it is weird. Especially pairing it with a whiskey. Yeah. On this pairing. What I did not expect is these to work together. After that first flavor that I got from the Woodenville, did not expect these to work together. This, for me, another 7.5. Like, hitting hard. Like Your going combo? Yeah, com- combo 7.5. 7.5 across the board? That is... I, I mean, I feel like lazy, but impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I forgot that you all said 7.5. This is like Mango versus kill, Picasso. Like, it's like the only, release, you know? the only reason I went... 7.5 instead of 8, once again, is because I'd still rather have these on their own. Like, I'd rather have a beer night with this one, and I'd rather have a bourbon night with this one, or a whiskey night with this one. Yeah. I feel like That's this, the only reason it got the point five. I feel like this uh, Woodenville would go really well with the Marzen. It's like the Oktoberfest. Everything it's like any beer, any whiskey would have paired <laughs> with this. Yeah. But now we are with it. Is, yeah, we're it so is a bold, bold pairing. Now, yeah. I figured... Why not? It's a lot, of, hey, it's a lot of really so well. fun, complex flavors that do work well. Worth together. talking about. Yeah. But I, they are worth talking about, which is why we've been here. All right. <laughs> but so, I, I do wish that... The, I, I just wish there was a little bit more. So, you know, this week, we, we, you know, we had an oddball week. We had a Washington whiskey bourbon. I'm back. Brian's Brian back drinking he's gonna be one day in September. He's going to be gone next week. We had a double IPA, which I don't, we've not even had an IPA. No, we haven't. And we're off-site. We're drinking a whiskey we did not purchase. So and all Kyle. this is new. All and Kyle's new here. And Kyle's here. We had our first guest. I'm here. Um, so I think everything, <laughs> like, to be honest, like, you know, it was a whirlwind of wonderfulness. Yeah, had a good time. I, just I appreciate through, you all coming out. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for hosting us. You know, for real. Of course. Yeah, thank you. Because we are this at beer Goodwood. Is fucking delicious. Here's to Goodwood and their good brewing that they're going to happen. Yeah. Well, we're going to close this one out. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. You can check us out on at Then There Was Corn on Instagram. You can shoot us an email if you have any issues with anything we said or if you want to fact check us. Or if we have any questions at and then there was corn at gmail.com. And then you can also find us individually, myself 
at Commodore underscore Turner on Instagram. You can find Brian at djcorderoyky at gmail.com. And you can find Chad at Mustache on Loose. And you can absolutely find our phenomenal guest at What's Your Handle? What's Your Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to plug. Yeast Feeder. Yeast Feeder. feeder. Is that, like is that Instagram? That slow. I love that. <laughs> he's feeding things. Well, he's he's feeding a lot of stuff. Well, that's been us for the day. We'll be back with you next week, Monday. This is uh, next week, hopefully, it, or not hopefully, next week, assumedly, it'll be just me and Chad again. Yep. It'll be just down to the two. Brian came out of retirement for just this week. Kyle's and so that comes down to, yeah, <laughs> oh, God. yeah, Kyle's coming out. So that comes down <laughs> to uh, Chad Reed and Kevin Turner picking the bourbon and beer. Actually, do you want bourbon or beer? I'll take the beer this time. You'll take the beer, I'll take the bourbon, and I'm going to pass my bourbon choice for next week's podcast off to Kyle. Oh, to the beer oh, guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, any any bottle that any bourbon. you any any bourbon any that bourbon. you love, it's preferably forty dollars or under, but it doesn't only forty dollars. Nope. All right, there no you go. In between. <laughs> yeah. And then weird. there was corn. Right. And then there was corn. <laughs> no, what, what's your bourbon? What's your bourbon? Choose a bourbon that's under forty. On the on oh, the that we're gonna have to drink next. Week. I mean, you gotta get that dusty. We've done Old Forester one hundred. The dusty new school. Happy bonded. Or uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but that's not forty dollars and under. Old granddad bonded. Old granddad. Old granddad oh. bonded. I love that. That's yeah. such a good choice. High five. High five. I think me one. and Kevin just had a good time today. Get okay, that perfect. So OGG bonded. I will let Brian. Are we letting Brian choose the beer? I, I meant Bye. to say old granddad. Bye. I was we'll thinking old that. happy. We talked about some weird shit. Yeah. Anchor <laughs> so team. Old, old granddad bonded. Anchor team. Anchor team. That actually. Oh yeah. I love anchor. Anchor team. So we're trying to get that in the bar. There are lots to say. They are so good. You got two. Let's go. It'll come in the bar. So. Like, I think it's kind of perfect that he brought that up. Yeah. That, so, that is one of those beers that fluff in your mouth. Yeah. Like, as soon as you take a sip, it, like, expands. I just feel like... And I just love that about that beer. Uh, Went somewhere. Where what? were we going? Oh, <laughs> like uh, no. We, we were coming up on the end. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. We were so, coming up on the beer. Do you need another unplug? No. Do you want to plug again? <laughs> Actually, uh, like before we say it. goodbye, so you plugged yourself... Is there anything that you want to plug right now? Anything especially you have going on? Company? Anything you want to, uh, you want so to plug? So we're doing a release for this beer oh. next Friday. Mm-hmm. Or is it next Friday? October 2nd. Next October Friday. October 2nd. Dates yeah. are better. Because Dates we are better. After October record. 2nd. Yeah. What's going uh, on? We are releasing two live brew at this right. location. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have a little shindig, socially distant. How many safe. people are invited? Uh, whoever wants to come. Can I come but not Chad? Probably. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like not being invited, so I can crash a party. Chad is uninvited. No. There you go. <laughs> uh, I will so, stand at that front door and yell at the security guard. <laughs> <laughs> so October 2nd, we're, we're going to release this beer. You can definitely come socially distant. You can come pick it up uh, in a safe atmosphere. Like, whatever, whatever you're into... Come try the beer. What if I become socially apparent? 
No, we're good on you. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You let us use this beautiful facility to for record real. this oh, podcast. Man. Oh, yeah, tour, it was great. Yeah. We'll Thank have that up on Instagram. I'm sure by the time this goes up, those pictures will already be up. So you're just now figuring out what you were thirsty you're for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so hopefully you can find this whiskey. Um, you know, it's 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 bourbon. relatively new in a sense for bourbon whiskey. It is a whiskey, but it is a well, bourbon. Well, no, it's been all bourbons are whiskeys. Not all whiskeys are bourbon. So this bourbon is available. In Kentucky, it's a straight bourbon, grain to glass, and they're in a few other states. Yeah. It is fantastic. It Come is. Check it out. And I, I agree that, like, this is one of the coolest things we brought on. Yeah. Like, unique, you know, from a different state, and including, and that we're talking about bourbon. Yeah. Like, the fact that we're talking about bourbon, and it's coming from a, somewhere other than Kentucky. And we're from Kentucky. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it is good. So, to top that off, this was... And then there was corn! And then there was corn! Corn.